0: Well, as we start this series, as President Stumbo said, uh, today we're going to focus on holiness and and specifically the holiness of God. And one of the best places to get a sense of the holiness of God is in Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 if you have your Bibles and wanna turn there. And we're also gonna be looking at Revelation chapter four, verses one through 11, uh, and it'll be on the screen behind me, or if you're watching at home, it'll be up on the screen with your video. Uh, but this is Isaiah chapter six, verses one through seven, and, and, and maybe even just listen to it and close your eyes, um, but, but get a sense of God's holiness in, in these two passages. In the, king, the king, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, whose the whole earth is full of his glory. And the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, Isaiah cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King of the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. When he touched my mouth, he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then John in Revelation elaborates on this. In Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, you, you'll see that there's some stuff that wasn't in Isaiah. But then you'll see there's also some stuff that was in Isaiah. He says, after this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice that I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was the throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God." Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth, like a flying eagle. Each of the four creatures had six wings. And was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay down their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have being. Can you imagine being in that temple? Can you imagine being in... Isaiah's shoes and seeing God in that place. Can you imagine seeing the seraphim? The, those beings with eyes that had heads of animals and wings flying around the throne. Can you maybe imagine the throne room of God, the throne room that is filled with his robe and encircling the throne is a rainbow that that is shining? And there's sounds of thunder and flashes of lightning. As you picture that, you get a sense of God's holiness. This, holiness means set apart. This set apartness of God that is so completely set apart from anything that we know or understand. That his perfection is so far above and beyond anything that we understand as Perfect. And in that holy place of his throne room, his power is on display. And in that throne room, there's praise. There's this constant worship that's rising from all who are there. And it's so loud that it shakes heaven itself. That it shakes the door frames. It shakes the thresholds. Just because the worship is, is that loud. In that place of his throne room, there's not just the Spirit of God, but the person of God. King of all kings, Lord of all lords, in that place. Pure, undefiled, perfect holiness. I mean, can you imagine being there? It would be terrifying. You, you would be just like Isaiah. You, you'd, you'd be going, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm, it's the end of me. I'm ruined. Because in a place of perfect holiness, Isaiah became instantly self aware. He instantly understood who he was, who God was, how holy God was, and how holy he wasn't. And how everything in comparison to what God was, what was just that he had experienced, was so unholy. And the second thing was, he was just instantly afraid. And you see that every, and we talked about that over Christmas, that anytime somebody comes in contact with these beings from heaven, they're instantly terrified and you, they say, you know, have to say, don't be afraid. I, you know, but, but in that place, in God's perfect, holy throne room, He's he's instantly terrified. He knows that he should not be there. He knows that he's not holy. He knows that he should be destroyed being in that place, that he cannot be in that place. So I, I just challenge you, just take a second and close your eyes and picture yourself being in that place. I'll maybe reread a little bit of it, but... As I reread it, just close your eyes and picture yourself in the throne room of God. And the Lord is high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe fills the temple. And above him are the six-winged cherubim or six-winged seraphim with the eyes all over them. Their their wings are covering their faces and their feet, and they're crying out, "Holy, holy, holy!" Their voices are shaking the doorposts, and the temple is fill, filling with smoke as they cry out. And then the the lamps are blazing. Uh, the lamps of God, the seven spirits of God, lightning, thunder, um, uh, all of that, the sea of glass, the rainbow that's encircling the throne. Just picture yourself being in the very throne room, the holy throne room of God. Just take a second and picture yourself being there. And now watch what what God does. This is so cool. So in Isaiah chapter six, he's in this throne room, this perfect throne room, all of these terrifying things happening around him. And he says, woe to me, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand. I mean, that's kind of a cool thought. That around this throne, that it's so holy, that it's so uh, uh, so perfect, uh, that all of this, that that it's like somehow generating this heat, that there's this live coal around the throne of God that that's, that's burning, and the seraphim comes to him with a live coal, which he has taken from tongs from the altar, and with it he touched. It, Isaiah says, with it he touched my mouth and says, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin has been atoned for. Now, here's, the, here's the, and I caught this this week. I, I never had seen it before, I never put it together. So, God has Isaiah in this place, and Isaiah is freaking out. And he sends someone to him. That, that God sends an intermediary to Isaiah. God sends someone to bridge the gap between holy and unholy. God also, he, he sends this angel, this, this seraphim, to make atonement. For Isaiah's sins and take his guilt away. That's what he does when he touches him with the with the hot coal. And atoned atonement, atoned means that sin is canceled, that it's uh covered, that it's appeased, that that it's been redeemed. But, but here's this is just the thing that, that was so striking to me is that for Isaiah who was in the presence of God God sent an intermediary to bridge the gap between holy and unholy and atone for sin it's just almost like it's part of God's character to do that for people because look at what Jesus does for us in Romans 8:34 Paul says Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. That Jesus is working as an intermediary between us us and God. Jesus came and died as our intermediary to bridge the gap between holy and unholy. In Ephesians 1.7, it says, In him we have redemption, atonement, Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Isaiah got a seraphim. He got an angel from heaven to do that. But look at what God does for us. Isaiah got an angel. But for us, God sent his son, to be an intermediary to, to bridge the gap between holy and unholy I mean it, it's pretty cool that one of the flying beings from around the throne stopped what they were doing to, to come and touch Isaiah's lips with this coal but for us God sent his son to step down and come to earth and be the intermediary for us. It's so much bigger and and beyond even the seraphim. God sent his son to be our atonement, taking our guilt and sin away on the cross. Isaiah just gets a little glimpse, a little like like preview of what God's going to do when the seraphim comes. But God's got so much bigger plan when he sends his son to be the intermediary in atonement for us. And then look at where because of Christ who atoned for our sin by his blood and acts as our intermediary, inter- interceding for us on behalf of God. Check this out. And understand God's, deep love for you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, and the high priest in the Old Testament, in that context, the high priest was the intermediary. He was the one who went to God on behalf of the people. He said, so since we have this great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. But watch this, this is verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Because Christ is our intermediary, we, it says, can boldly approach this throne that we talked about that's so holy and so so perfect and and all of the throne room of God, We, we can come boldly to this throne. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. But then he goes on in Hebrews chapter 10 in verses 19 to 22. He says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. That place where God the person of god is there and he's radiating this light and this energy and this heat where his tr- his his robe fills the temple where his throne is encircled by a uh, a rainbow where there's a sea of of glass and uh, that's crystal clear and there's elders falling down and worshiping, and where there's seraphim that are flying around shouting out, holy, 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 and the doors are shaking and the floors are shaking and it's filling with smoke. We can boldly enter that place because of the blood of Jesus. Because our sin has been atoned for by the blood of the lamb, we can boldly approach that. I mean that's mind blowing that that we don't even have to enter and just completely fall on our faces and say and just expect to be vaporized in the holiness of God it says that we can boldly approach that we can just walk on, we can walk right in to the very presence holy of holies of God by the blood of Jesus. It says, by his death, Jesus opened a new and a life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest, a great intermediary who rules over God's house, he says, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience has been sprinkled clean with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Again, it sounds so close to what happened to Isaiah, but so much better. Like, that, that our guilty conscience, instead of a seraphim coming and touching our lips, that our guilty conscience was sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. I want you to close your eyes again. I know we're closing our eyes a lot today, but it's what it is. Close your eyes and just sit for a moment in the knowledge that you've been atoned for. That the blood of Christ has covered you in your sin and guilt, have been canceled, deleted, redeemed. Just sit in the moment and and think about the fact that you are atoned for. Does it spur something inside of you? Does it make you thankful? Does it cause praise to rise up in you? That you have been fully and completely atoned for, washed clean in the blood of Jesus. And because of that, you can go right in, boldly go in and be in the presence of God. You are so loved that God made a way and now gives you an open invitation. Come, come into my presence whenever you want. Boldly come in. Don't need to knock. Don't need to be afraid. Just come in. Just sit for just a couple more seconds in the knowledge that you are fully and completely atoned for. We have the ability, you, each one of you have the ability, the honor, the privilege of entering the throne room of God, the holy place of God. Not a holy place like man made in a temple somewhere, but the true heavenly holy place of God. The place that's filled with his robe and glowing rainbows and lightning and thunder and mighty beings shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of mighty. And you, your name, you are invited in, atoned for, sin taken away, guilt removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Who? and understand this there's no like like v i p room there there's no like pastor's room and spiritually elite room. you have the exact same access to the throne of God that I do, and Billy Graham did and every other spiritual giant that you want to think of john you know calvin and 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 John Wesley and all those guys uh, You have the exact same access to the very throne of God that they did, that I do. And so it's your responsibility to go in. God has made a way, He's opened the door. John said, I I looked and I saw a door open. God has made a way. You are invited to boldly come in. But it's your responsibility to take advantage of that. To to not just wait for some special service or some special feeling, but every day you have the access and ability to boldly go into and spend time in the presence of God. That's what prayer is. It's entering the throne room of God to stand before him, be in his presence, and have a conversation. And so often we make prayer so much less than that. We just kind of go through our normal routines and normal things we do. And while we're doing that, we we kind of, you know, talk out loud and that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's okay if you're going through your, and you wake up and say, Lord, help me to have a good day today. And, you know, but, but, but you're missing out on so much more that your prayer time can be if you take the time to actually come into his presence, the holy place of God, and spend time there and have a conversation of, of you laying your heart out to God and maybe being in his word so and letting him speak to you through that or, or just maybe through his spirit he'll speak to you. Sometimes when you're in the presence of God, when you come in and you're praying, all of a sudden you'll, you'll find that your prayer starts changing because as, as the spirit and your, your spirit and the Holy Spirit are conversing having this conversation the spirit's praying uh, like like hebrew says in words that we can't express and and as that's as that's happening then then all of a sudden you, what you were praying about changes because all of a sudden the spirit is leading you into a deeper place of prayer where maybe what you thought you were needed to pray for wasn't really what you, there was something deeper, and now you're praying that. It will change the way you pray if you're praying from the place of God's presence. It can and it should be so much more than just talking to God. And that's what prayer is, it's talking to God, but we keep it at such a superficial level It's getting into his presence. It's seeking out his presence. And sometimes that takes a while. To get in his presence, sometimes you just don't jump right in and away you go. Sometimes maybe. But there's some days where things are going on and, uh, you know, things are busy and kids are things and, and, and stuff going on and busy and, you know, things get you know, having a bad day or whatever, sometimes it takes seeking out the presence of God. It might take a half an hour, 45 minutes to really get the sense that, man, I'm just in the presence of God. But we've gotta seek that out because praying from that place from, from the place of God's presence, play, praying from the place of, of, of the holy throne room of God, it will change the way you pray. It, you'll find more, more fulfillment in your prayer. You'll find more, more that you will come away from your prayer better refueled, better refreshed. Prayer can be experiencing God in his holiness, And accepting the invitation to go into his throne room. For me, sometimes when I pray, I just kind of start out. Sometimes I even maybe read Isaiah or or Revelation. And I just start out by picturing myself in that throne room of God. And just get a sense of being in his presence and his holiness. And, and some and, and it changes the way you pray because sometimes you get into to God's presence like that and you're like Isaiah, you're instantly self-aware and you're instantly going, Lord, I, it's only by grace that I'm here because I, I'm so messed up, I'm so broken. But then that instantly takes you into praise and worship because you realize how Amazing the grace of Jesus is that allows you to be there. That how wonderful the atonement is that allows you to be there. So you're you're instantly self-aware and going God, and you're confessing sin, but you're also praising God that you're able to be there and that that sin is forgiven. I imagine being in that throne room and the. The seraphim flying around saying, holy, holy, holy. You know, I come in on on Sunday mornings, and I I try to get here about four hours before the first service starts, and I just take a few hours and just pray. (sighs) Because uh, same thing for me, sometimes it takes me a while to get into God's presence and then be there, and then I, I, you know, I walk seven times around the, the sanctuary, because i just praying, you know, that the walls, that, uh, that the, the enemy has built would just fall like in Jericho, and I pray over each seat, and, and each person, and I pray over the camera, because I know a lot of you are watching at home, and so I'm praying for you, and a few weeks ago, I was praying in here, and I was just walking around the sanctuary, and, and, God gave me just sort of this picture that as I was walking here, that I was also able to be in in the throne room of God, and I I pictured one of those seraphim just flying around above above the seats here in the sanctuary. It was the coolest thing, because in my head, I just imagined it being this huge, huge thing that took up most of the the you know the length of the sanctuary it was you know just thinking like it you know in heaven it's got to be gigantic and and just so as i am walking around praying for for the service that day i'm imagining this seraphim flying around shouting out holy 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 is the lord god almighty and and just being in that being that in that place where heaven and and earth are kind of coming together in prayer it was awesome. It was amazing. It happened even today. Again, I was just praying for for the service and and for for me to be used by God. And I was praying up there. Sometimes I like to pray at the foot of the cross. And as I prayed this morning, I just got this image of like, being at the foot of the real cross and Christ being above me and just one drop of his blood just dripping on me. And it, it just stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, that, that, that's each one of us. That at the foot of the cross, just one drop of Christ's blood gives us this access to the throne room of God and that when we pray that that's what we can be experiencing is, is the blending of heaven and earth as we, as we boldly approach his throne and yet so often we miss that. So often our, our prayer time is so much less than that. You've been given an invitation to step into something truly holy as you pray. That in these next 40 days that we spend focused on prayer, for these next 40 days, you have an invitation to step into something truly heavenly holy because you've been atoned for by the blood of the lamb. You've been invited in and can experience something holy as you pray. And my prayer is that we all would take advantage of that. So we're gonna just spend a little bit of time in prayer. We're gonna spend a little bit more time in prayer during this series than maybe normally on a a Sunday. But let me just remind you of this. That Prayer time, either now or any time, your prayer time will only be as valuable as you let it be. That if you just sit there being bored, if you're sitting at home or you're sitting here and thinking like, oh, I just have to sit here in the quiet for a few minutes, like, oh, how boring is that? Or are you just kind of sitting there going like, Oh, well, Lord, help me to have a good day and thank you that I got to come and or watch church today. Thank you uh, for my family. I pray that you would, you know, keep them safe and healthy. Uh, Okay. Amen. And then we're just sitting there for a couple more minutes. If you just sit there kind of being bored, it'll be boring. If you just sit there if you go, man, you know, I just feel like my prayer time is boring every day. Like, I can't pray that long. It's just boring. If you just sit there being bored, it'll be boring. But if you get into the presence of God, if you boldly approach in the most holy place of heaven, the throne of God, and get into his presence, it'll be anything but boring it'll be the best part of your day. And the more you get into that presence, the more you go, man, I want to go back there. And then the more you go back, and the more you you are able to be close to God, and the more that you feel renewed and, and refreshed and and able to live the life that God calls you to. So, Last time, just close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And imagine yourself in the throne room of God in heaven, knowing that you can be there by the blood of the Lamb. Just imagine yourself there. Don't say anything. Just imagine yourself there. Once again, I'll I'll read some of the verses as you just kind of picture in your mind yourself being there. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that right now you would come and that you would energize our spirit and that we would just be able to experience you in a real interactive way. as we come together as a church family into your throne room. Just picture yourself there. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord, he is high and exalted, lifted up, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filling with smoke. So, again, picture yourself sitting there. The Lord is lifted up, His robe filled the temple. Filled with there's smoke there there there's these beings flying around things are shaking. There's someone sitting on the throne. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, and a rainbow shone like an emerald encircling the throne. And there there are twenty four elders. The, the most scholars believe it, it's the heads of the twelve tribes of Israel and the twelve disciples, and they're throwing their crowns at the ground in worship. Just take take a little bit of time and picture yourself, and knowing that you are there in that place. Maybe take a second and just think, what's going on in my heart and in my head right now? Maybe you're like like Isaiah and you're just aware of, of brokenness and sin. Just confess that to God. Maybe you find yourself as you're there just being filled with praise and thankfulness that you're able to be in this place. Praise him. Lift him up. If maybe right now you're struggling to to keep your attention there or to to maybe sense God's presence just invite invite God's presence to be with you maybe just move the track of your mind back to those things Thinking through those pictures that God has given us. Just be in the holy place. Now I just challenged you if you're not there yet just begin in your heart praising him for who he is and his holiness praising Jesus for making it possible for you to be there for the knowledge that you're forgiven and just stay in that place I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Just continue to imagine yourself being there as we go into worship. And as we worship, just let what's happening here and what's happening in heaven, let it kind of blend together. And imagine yourself singing these, sing- these songs to God in his throne room.